Hey, 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 bottoms up. This is Fred, the grassy troll, coming at you with bottoms up, episode 11. We're still uh, recovering from our remote episode 10. We hope you enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. But uh, we move on, and uh, we'd like to bring back into the fold Knobs. Uh, Knobs back, Knobs. Knobs didn't make the remote, and it was so sad. We were all very saddened by it, but... The team is reunited once again, and Nobs, how you doing? I'm good. It's good to be here. I definitely missed uh, recording last weekend, listening back on it. I was like, man, I wish I was there for it. It was well, a good one. I mean, when, when you go to Hawaii, I guess there's choices <laughs> to be made, you know? You made the right choice. <laughs> I kind of wish I was in Hawaii, though, because it is freezing this week. Yeah. it's, it's One Shot Studios is cold. It's butt cold. It's butt cold. It doesn't crowd. help that we can't turn on the furnace. That's right. <laughs> And across from me is the dulcet tones of our good friend Blotto. How's it going, Blotto? Terrific, Fred. Awesome. What a, what a crazy week, huh? You think? <laughs> you know, this is one of those weeks where uh, we're, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do for this episode, and we couldn't stop. Every time we would stop, it would get rewritten for us in the next couple hours, and... Uh, Lotto, he he does most of the the the, the outline, the outline, the organization of the the program, and uh, his head was spinning this whole week. There's just so much influx and insanity ensued. So we don't know what's going to come out of this show today. <laughs> <laughs> we don't we don't even know what has transpired in the last two hours. That's right. I'm I'm almost afraid to shut the TV <laughs> off because. It's going to make us look like liars. <laughs> we can almost do like a live show all day Friday, yeah. every Friday. Yeah. How yeah. much changes on Friday. Yeah. It's crazy stuff. And, and, and why don't we know what has happened in the last two hours? Why? Oh, <laughs> the notorious RBG. <laughs> we, we went to go see a matinee, the three of us. <laughs> Team effort. <laughs> um, which is... Probably, you know, one of the few times I would ever say I was one of the youngest people in the theater. <laughs> one of the only and, people in the theater. Um, you know, considering that the movie is really about gender discrimination, um, we could have easily been discriminated against in that theater as well. I think we were at one point. Because during the previews, I was not watching them. I'm messing with my phone. And I think I annoyed the woman behind us. Because when I finally... You're annoying me. <laughs> Dude, I don't want to watch the trailers. I've seen enough. But as soon as I turned my phone off, even though there was making no noise except for the one slippage, she I heard like a a huff or something behind me. It's like she, it was like a sigh of relief almost. I heard it too. It's like, oh finally. <laughs> I we're gonna we're gonna get talking about the movie and then about movie going later. But one of the things I didn't put in my outline <clears throat> was about phone use and uh, my son and I really got into it one day, and it carried it spilled out over into after the movie about whether it is appropriate to use your phone during the trailers and all that pre-business that they have. I say no. He's like, you only have to turn it off for the main feature. You would agree with him because you had it on. But see, normally I'm not a phone bot. I don't normally do that. It's just I was surprised. I, I kept wondering well, what the hell are you, you doing? know why you were surprised? Because that's not something I would normally do. Why My character. Why was I doing it? Because I was working on 
a song list for my Spotify. <laughs> and I was working. <laughs> Wait, that's a really bad excuse. No, it's not. <laughs> Something came to mind that it's just like I'm trying to craft this thing. And, and a couple came to mind. I was like, I'm going to forget them. If, so, I, if, I don't, if I don't do them now, I will forget them. And then you must have hit play on one of those songs because it started, started playing. I think it was a commercial. That was, you know, one of those stupid. I have free oh, yeah. Spotify, so it was yeah. a free, one of them stupid ads they make you listen to. That's what you heard. It wasn't my, my song. Anyway, but. so, uh, you know, listeners, uh, you know, again, always we like your feedback on Facebook. Uh, interesting to, to, to see any, any feedback on whether or not phone usage is permitted during the trailers and previews at the theater, or should they be off the entire time and sit down? Well, normally I would agree <laughs> with you because I don't do it, but today was the exception to the rule, and that's that. All right. Well, once we start drinking, I will forgive you. All right. So what do we got? <clears throat> oh, brewski-wise? Yeah. All right. Let's see. Put on the spectacles. We have, ooh, Founders, one of my favorites. Founders Brewing. Uh it's basically just called Porter. Dark, rich, and sexy, kind of like the grassy troll. And um, I don't know. This is getting back. <laughs> None of the above. <laughs> None of the above. This is getting back almost to the Pilsner thing. I wasn't sure I ever had a Pilsner. Now I'm not sure I've ever had a Porter before. So I, I, I'm I, a big fan of Porters. I've had this before. I think just on tap. I don't think I've ever had the bottle. Um, <clears throat> Take it away, then. Let's well, see. I mean, we're going to open them up. No stats? Uh, oh, I'm sorry, if that's what you meant. Uh, uh, 65% alcohol. Six, 65%? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Has someone been pre-gaming? <laughs> wow, Six, six there's point. no need to at 65%. <laughs> 6.5. I mean, alcohol, and it's 45 IBUs, and according to the label, it's it's not going to be lacking on hops. So, Which porters can, can go either way in that direction, you know? They can be all malty, or they can be a lot more hoppy. This would so, tend to be on the hoppy side. I'm just looking at the label. This makes me feel like this almost is in the realm of stouts. It's, is it a heavier beer like a... I believe like it's going a, to be. Like a stout? Um, <clears throat> a good hearty winterish beer. Uh, I, I do like some of their descriptions. Cozy like velvet. It's a lover, not a fighter. So now we we pour them into pints. Yep. So you know, proper gentlemen and, and uh, very dark beer. And it's got. Yeah, a I mean, you're, no lights nice get through there. Caramel Pottoms looking up. head. Bottoms mm-hmm. up. Whoa. Lots of chocolate. It's <clears throat> a lot happening there. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's an in-your-face kind of beer. It's it's much more stout to me than wow. Porter. It's a really heavy. Compared to, say, like a um, a Big Butte Porter, Sierra Nevada. Uh, uh, I, it, 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 if someone was to blind taste test this for me, I would have well, called it a stout. Wow. Um, <clears throat> that is thick. Mm. But, but I, I do like it, mm-hmm. even the hoppiness, because I'm coming around. I don't even pick it up. It's not as hoppy as I thought it would be. Honestly, I see nothing 
bitter about this at all. To me, I was just thinking, wow, this is really smooth and creamy, and I don't, I don't get the bitterness. I must, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's there, but but it's it's there at the right level. I mean, this is a a really well balanced beer, I think. It's very creamy too. Mm -hmm. Mm, That's yummy. Okay, Nabs, what do you think? Um, I say it's not as bitter as I thought it was going to be. It is definitely creamy. Got caramel, nutty, chocolate flavors to it. I think it's okay. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna reserve judgment until midway, though. Okay. Uh, for those that know our rating scale, um, my cap says something that is right on par with our rating scale. What does what does yours say? Not brewed for us. There you go. Brewed for us. Brewed for us. Uh, so we, <clears throat> I think I've looked at this beer probably a hundred times and was never compelled to pick it up. But that's trying, what our reviews are for. Trying to keep in the spirit of trying new things, it actually jumped right out at me when I was at the store, and I said, "I'm going to get that." It's, I've looked at it for years, so yeah. it's the I, kind of weather that you would drink this beer. It's so cold. Right, the colder yeah. outside, the darker the beer. It's so cold. <laughs> it's only going to get colder. I think it was only 12 this morning when I came over here. And uh, it's going to be week. like the warmest it's going to be for the next week. Aye, aye, aye. Anyways, I would say this uh, beer is for me. I'm enjoying it. it it's very heavy. I mean, uh, to me, this is a heavy beer, and I couldn't see drinking more than one or two of these, but it is very enjoyable, and bottoms up. Bottoms up. It's for me. Mm. The clanking of bottles still sounds best. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Uh, is there uh, <clears throat> what do you what do you got there, uh, Fred? That that jumped out at you this week uh, on the interweb? That <clears throat> well, it, th- there was is a, worth uh, <clears throat> adding to the viralness of. There was a couple I ran across oh, this week that made me laugh. I had three to choose. There from. were so <laughs> many good memes this, <laughs> this week. But keeping in the spirit of what's been going on, I picked one that um, had to do with the ongoing, no longer ongoing, government shutdown. And it's a picture of the president's in all of his glory with his arms folded and his face all pursed up. And he's sitting behind his desk in the oral office. And it says, non-essential government employee. Ah. (laughs) It isn't a laugh out loud, but it's... It's so true. If there's a non-essential government employee, this would be your guy. Uh, here's my, and it is it is a, a little video, so we'll have to explain it. But it's called um, Canadian Road Rage, okay. right? And I guess I'll walk through the video as you guys get to see it. But it shows some cars all lined up at a drive through uh, from McDonald's, and this guy jumps out of the car and then goes to the car in front of him with his b- brush and scraper and wipes off the windows of the car in front of him. <laughs> That's Canadian road rage for you. <laughs> well, he should have probably prefaced it a little bit. For those of you that don't live anywhere near Canada, Canadians are probably the nicest people on the planet. I mean, the they're nicer people than the Swiss, even, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And the irony of that little video for us, because we border Canada, is actually pretty yeah. hysterical. Yeah, and uh, you know maybe it was filmed in Canada. Maybe. They but, will but kill you funny. with kindness. That very, was, very funny. was that McDonald's or Tim Hortons? Uh, it had to be a Tim Hortons, had right? Because <laughs> there's a Tim Hortons on every corner in Canada. Uh, that's good. Good stuff. All right, on to a few fact checks from uh, last week. Um, uh, we had talked about McConnell and, and how derelict he is in his duties. And I threw it out there as to whether or not senators can be impeached. Lefty thought that they could, and I didn't think so. And I looked it up, and they really can't be. Um, no. no, the only way that uh, uh, senators or representatives, for that matter, can um, be removed from office is obviously the first way, which is voted out. Um, the other is they can resign. The other is they can vacate, which is kind of like resigning, but let's say they don't formally resign, but they just never show up to work. The Senate can then expel them and calling it a, a vacated spot. Um, and then there's also expulsion, which is very rare, but again, that's a, that's a process for the Senate to go through. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. I don't recall the guy's name, but uh, I believe he's from Iowa. The one they're trying to run out of town. Oh, King. Steve King. Steve King. I was going to say King, but yeah. I thought King was the <laughs> independent from the East Coast. That, that's why I didn't say King. Aren't they trying to railroad him out of town? They're not going to. He no, said but, he's not. No, but are, are they trying to force his resignation? Uh, you know, They uh, said they were going to censor, censure him. Yeah, censor. they didn't censure, and then they did uh, like a resolution against what he said. They don't really want to. They just want to talk tough. They, they, they you know... But that falls in line with what you're saying, is that he would have to resign, because otherwise they can't really do anything to get him out. No, no, they can. They, they actually can go through a process. They're not going to. But the, but, but the people of Iowa cannot. There's no way for the voter oh, oh, to oh, impeach oh, 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 oh. in gotcha, that way, gotcha. or, or recall. You know what I mean? So I guess maybe it depends upon the, what your definition of impeach is. Um, but they can't expel. So I, I guess maybe that is... Uh, what lefty would mean by by that, you know, expulsion from the Senate. Okay. Uh, the other one was we were talking about where was Mitch, and I think we got this right, but there was a little bit of a question on what do they call those congressional offices um, that are hidden away? They are called hideaways. Hideaways. That is the didn't the, half the pint term. say that? I, I believe I believe uh, she did. Somebody got it right, but I, I believe it was half pint. And and then the only other one I, I had. And, and this was just my own cult skepticism, but um, when when Peanut was was talking um, about uh, certain breeds n need different medical attention, and she brought up the English bulldog is not able to give natural childbirth, and I thought that was kind of strange. Like I didn't quite understand. Well, you know, doesn't that blow a hole in Darwinism? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how many animals on Earth die when they when they give natural childbirth, but I didn't think there would be a, a, a canine breed that would do that. So I, I did look it up. I, I didn't want to challenge on the spot, but I did look it up because I thought that fascinating. She's right. Really? 86% mortality rate when an English bulldog gives natural birth. You know what? When she said that, I was thinking, I thought somewhere along the line I had heard that in a lot of cases, for them to mate, 
you have to help them mm. physically have to help the dogs mate and and again maybe this will lead to another <laughs> fact check but i'm thinking well, are you sure this is an age thing no 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 but i, I could have swore i had heard that like years and years ago that there was something like if you were to buy an english uh, bulldog mm-hmm. and you wanted to um breed it, it yeah. and sell puppies that you were actually involved quite a bit with their intimacy and so yeah. I don't know when she said that that's what popped and, into and my you'd mind. also be really involved in the childbirth because their um, their bone structure um, does not lend itself to natural childbirth and um, there's a, a 86% chance that they would die during childbirth that is weird mm-hmm. it is weird I think wow <clears throat> interesting um, so kudos to you, uh, Peanut, for knowing your stuff. And she did. Uh, my, my bad for even questioning. Nah, she did a great job. Uh, all of our guests last week did a great job. So uh, extra bottoms up. Bottoms uh, yeah. up to, to, to them. We had three guests, and they were all fantastic. Okay, so where are we going to begin here? Um, <clears throat> How about with this week's nonsense? <laughs> Uh, are we happy the shutdown's over? I mean, right? did you, like, you know, put your arms in the air, Fred, when you heard, hey, yay, the shutdown's over? Like Roger over. Stone and Nixon? Yeah. <laughs> no, not really. We'll get really. to that. We'll get to that. But, but uh, not really. I was, I, I was happy it was over for the sake of those, those that are being affected, affected the most, by it. Absolutely. Right. But... The fact that it was just a three-week layover, eh, I was The fact that it should have never happened. And and, yeah. and and the way that it resolved itself just even more so confirmed that this was just absolute BS. Well, absolutely, because... Because nothing happened. This deal could have been had day <laughs> one, but it went to day, what, 34? Is that how many? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, 35, I, lost, I think. I lost track, but... Yeah. And, 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 you know, this deal could have happened before Christmas and... You know that it, it it just the way it ended just added to the to the whole I- idea that um, it, it was nonsense to begin with, and so there's almost a sadness there that that's what we have to deal with. You know, I, I had to, to fl- fly this week, and um, uh, you know this was before the shutdown ended, obviously, and um, I really tried to go out of my way with an extra thank you for those TSA agents that were there mm-hmm. and doing their job, not knowing how this thing was was going to end, and um, uh, you know, there was a real, there was kind of like that little extra sense of, um, you know, them thanking me for thanking them kind of thing. You know, it was. Um, you weren't wearing that MAGA hat, were you? <laughs> <laughs> Just curious. Yeah. Um, outside of uh, kids from Covington, nobody wears them. <laughs> nobody wears them. How often do you see someone walking around with a MAGA I hat? never. Never seen one. So it, 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 that to me is one of those big tells about how small his base is. Right? Other than his rallies and other, you know, kinds of protests for whatever, um, people don't wear them. Yeah. They don't support the <clears throat> Not in anything meaningful. Okay, so it's ended. It's a three week CR, basically, right? Yep. Is that good enough? I mean, what, what's going what's gonna to happen here? Well, 
if they don't come to an agreement, they're basically going to put things back online, get thing. It'll take about three weeks for things to normalize, and then he's either going to shut it down again or he's going to pull his big backup plan, <laughs> the national emergency. I mean, so I, I don't know. Do you think he's going to uh... – do you think? Do you think that's what's going to come to? Isn't there a? It's supposed to be a bipartisan commission. Something supposed is, is supposed to be set up to, to hammer out a deal. I thought. Yeah, I had um, heard the same thing. Yes. And they haven't even picked who's going to be on that. Um, you know, I I think it's going to look like the deal the Democrats had already signed on to, and that they proposed back in Christmas. I, you know. But, but I am kind of curious, is this going to be another CR or is it tackling the larger budget picture? Because that's what they approved before Christmas and the president said he wasn't going to sign it, right? And, and, and that was still just a CR. It wasn't a full look at the budget. Right, exactly. Yep. So are we, are, are, are we just going to get to a budget or a longer CR with X amount of money thrown in for border security and labeled as such to appease the, the, the presidents. That's, that's kind of what I'm, I'm interested to see what's going to come out of that commission. I think it will just be another CR with some tweaks to it because three weeks is not enough time for these people to get anything figured right, out. Right, right. It's just three weeks is nothing. That's a blink of an eye with them as slow as they move, and they're always – taking vacation, so when are they supposed to do this, right? Yeah, no, I, I mean, especially if you're really going to get into, you know, budgeting intricacies, right? I, I mean, one of the ideas, one of the reasons that you go through this budget process or you're supposed to is so that you can even look and examine each agency because the CR just says we're going to give you the, the, the money that you the had existing, before. right, yeah. You know, we're just going to continue on. Well, what if... One agency needs more money now and another agency needs less money now because of cultural changes or geopolitical changes or anything, right? So it's, it's kind of ridiculous to, to, to continue on with these CRs because it's not progressive. It doesn't address the culture of today. It doesn't, it's just a Band-Aid and not a good one at that. But three weeks <laughs> is not enough to, to, to change any of that, to, to start to examine one agency and whether it should be more heavily funded or reduced, you know. Well, I think that's exactly what's going to happen, though, because the the eight divisions are not, they're just going to get a CR and that's it. And then we're looking at Homeland Security because that encompasses the wall, the stupid yeah. wall. So that'll be the only thing they will concentrate on. So you, you can be assured that the other that's eight exactly departments gonna happen. are not even going to get looked okay. at. It's CR. We're done. We're happy. So these, <laughs> this commission is just going to look at... Homeland Security. The, even less than that. They're just going to look at the wording and the money that's put towards a barrier, a fence, a wall. Slat. <laughs> slats. I want slats. I'll accept nothing but slats. What? What? Has, has, slats. Has, has slats... Has slats now been co-opted? Has that term now been co-opted? Yeah, I believe it is. Like, like, like you know. The, the you're, slats you're, have you're, to be Cheeto orange as well. Or, or, you know, you're, you're the grassy troll. Right? I am. Because the grassy knoll has one meaning, right? You never <laughs> yes. would say, oh, we went to the park and sat on the grassy knoll. 
it has one connotation, right? That's right. And it's in Dallas, Texas. And so now does slats have only one connotation? <laughs> and that is so a, a wrought iron fence between the U.S. and Mexico. Cheeto orange. Have you ever heard the word? I was thinking the only time in my life I may have used slats. It <laughs> seems to me that it's something to do with the window dressing, like blinds. Yeah, slats. I've been, I've been trying to think of it. What? Yeah. <laughs> No, <laughs> it's, it's part of construction for like old buildings and walls. Slats? Yeah. Really? I, I always think of it like window treatment. That for some reason when I hear slats, I think of like maybe vertical blinds. Yeah. To me, that's a slat. The more I say the word, well, it what, makes no sense. Term, what's the term when people use plaster? Plaster? No, no, no. And then, and then what goes on behind the plaster in older homes? Yeah, that was slat. It was wood slats that plaster on top. Of oh, that's right. That was slats. Yeah, yeah. My my previous home had yeah. was was nineteen twenty nine. It was slats. That's a, yeah. Mm. Say it about five times, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it sounds like that makes no sense. It anymore. sounds like you're slats. slurring it. Slats. It's, slats. it's just this phonetic sound well, that's coming out of my mouth. It's, it's what does it mean? Percent. We might start slurring it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's 65. what's going on. <laughs> Um, well, the first thing that, that I did, um, when I found out that, you know, Trump had, had announced the, sh the shutdown was over is I immediately went to Breitbart. Oh, I wanted to get, you got to get that sense. filter, right? <laughs> and what did they say? Uh, it was, <clears throat> they're, 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 they're so in line with cult leaders. They still feel like he's playing, you know, uh, you know, 5D chess. <laughs> that this is all part of the grand plan to put Pelosi and Schumer right where he wants them. As he molds her in his... <laughs> yeah, I, 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 there were a lot. There were a lot that were really upset. They, they feel like this was the cave-in that the MSM was telling them it was. And that Logic told you it was. Well, you heard that Lindsey, um, Lindsey Graham, mm -hmm. the, the interview he did, like, I think it was in January 2nd. Oh, oh, it's the end of it's This end would of be the end of Trump. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of them are feeling that they're believing that this may be the but end it, of But it, 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 it wasn't as mutinous as I thought it was going to be. It wasn't as mutinous as, as the talk was when he first was going to sign the CR back in December and then Ingram and Rush and Coulter, you know, changed his mind, right? Um, Coulter is still mad. <laughs> wasn't, that, wasn't that a beautiful tweet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did she say? It was something to the effect that the George women. W. Herbert Walker Bush can now be happy that he's no longer the wimpiest, wimpiest president, president in yes. history. Mm -hmm. That was incredible. Um, but yeah, a, a lot of a lot of the followers uh, still believe that this is going to work out in in their favor, and I, I I don't know. It's 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 just remarkable how how cultish it is. It, it's bizarre. It's like President Pelosi. That's how what I'm calling her now because <laughs> once mm -hmm. Super Pence and the presidents are dispatched with, she's going to be the first female president. She literally neutered him, not mm -hmm. only on the State of the Union speech, but on this. She, she basically just pummeled him and crippled him and put him on his knees. Thank God she remained the speaker. I know. I can't imagine who <clears throat> else would have stepped into that role 
and taken the line that she took, which was the right tactic. Yep. Like Pelosi or not, you know what I mean, whatever. They are fortunate. The American people are fortunate that she was in that role and, and just slapped him down. Well, in, in last night, you and, I, dog. Yep. you and I were chit-chatting on the phone, and, and I kind of came up with that question, that thought, is like, when, when they were voting in the House for who was going to be the Speaker, she was getting a lot of opposition, a lot of blowback, and then when it came down to the vote, yes, she won, but it was only, what, like 16 or 14 votes? Not a huge mm-hmm. majority. And now... I'm wondering if they redid that vote today. Oh, it would it would it be, be unanimous? Right, yeah. Because she she creamed the yeah. presidents. She absolutely creamed them from start to finish. I I don't believe. The, you know, it's it. We still live in a very political world, and we can't separate that. Right. It kind of goes back to last week's theme. There were a number of people in the house that wanted a more progressive person to take that role. And, and that's great from an ideological sense, but you still have to be able to get things done. And, yep. you know, is the, you know, as, as Democrats look at the future, are we at the tipping point where progressiveness will rule the day more so than working within the Washington structure? We're certainly getting closer, but I don't know that a progressive speaker would have been able to do what Nancy did. Well, that was my point in the question, is that, like, everyone was, not everyone, I'm sorry, there was a lot of people questioning because she's the old lady, been around too long, old ideas, blah, blah, blah. And they voted her in, but not by a whole lot. But now, you saw how she she manhandled the man boy, well, kicked his ass up and down. She, she knew. And then she did it without even breaking a smile. <laughs> she just went about this, this quiet... Like, still waters run deep, so be careful I don't drown you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and she creamed him. And I'm just wondering, like you say, if all those people that were screaming and hollering, we need more progressive, we need the young bloods running this mm-hmm. thing, I totally agree. As much as I like the young bloods and the, right. the new progressive movement, I like it, I agree with it. Well, They would not have the results that she did. What if they held back so kudos, the State of the Union? No, See, I, don't, I don't think that. I don't think that they would have put that together, been, right? Nope, nope. And that's what really did this. It was the State of the Union. I, I really believe that the reason Trump acquiesced was because he needs that State of the Union. He was denied look at me time. Yep. Yep. It's, it's that shallow. And she knew it. Yeah. <laughs> and she, she's so smart. <laughs> she knows how to cheat. Treat a little petulant child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She knew. She saw him holding yeah. his breath in the corner, turning yeah. red, and she's looking at her watch. I got all day. <laughs> yeah, and, and and I really, I, I really think that's why he capitulated was because he wants to give that State of the Union address. He wants that know, adoration. He wants that right side of the aisle to stand up and applaud every time he says something racist. And you know what? <laughs> you couldn't find a stupider answer to stick with. You know what I mean? What adult! An absolute dolt. All of his responses for the State of the Union were comical, right? He was going to make it a rally. Uh, You know, he was going to go down there anyway. (laughs) That I would have loved to see. Can you imagine the face-off? Him and um, his press secretary standing at the door. (laughs) Tapping on the door. Hello. 
we're here to give the State of the Union. <laughs> I told them we already got one. <laughs> I come back again and I will punch you a second time. <laughs> I fart in your general direction. Uh, uh, that would not be becoming a Pelosi. No. <laughs> um, but that doesn't that doesn't completely deflect or change some of the absolute deplorable behavior by his administration during this shutdown. And I think that even though the shutdown is kind of over, kind of we'll see what happens in three weeks, but, you know, it, it has to be called to attention. Some of the comments, some of the attitudes that his cabinet and his, you know, circle had during the shutdown. Have you ever seen more out-of-touch people in your life? It, it, it takes let them eat cake to a whole new level. I, I heard uh, regarding Wilbur Ross, let, let them eat bridge loans. <laughs> Faye, I, I saw that clip of him yeah. answering that probably five times. And each time I saw it, it's just like, the. I was like incredulous. It means like, are you kidding me? Take loans? He, he didn't understand what the problem was. They're going to get their back pay. Really? Well, Does the promise of back pay put gasoline in a car? For, for, for feed get, your family? Going to get loans is, 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 is not a process that's easy for most people, even if that's what you wanted to do. And the federal government's offering some assistant loans at 9%. Is that all? Yeah. <laughs> but... What it, it sounds also like you're getting tells it from me, a loan shark. When, when you look at some of these wealthy um, pseudo-political players, so much of their wealth comes from this just swapping of loans. It's 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 crazy. They just, they seem to get a small loan of a million dollars. Right, and 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 then to pay off that loan, they'll get another loan. You know, Manafort. This is what he did all the time. He, he, you know, he lived a $10 million lifestyle on a $100,000 salary or whatever it was because he just kept constantly getting loans. And I think to myself, is that is that, that world? You know, because they know the people that can give them the loans. The money is there. So the banks and the people that have the money don't mind giving the loans to their friends. Deutsche Bank. <laughs> and, and so when Wilbur Ross says that, to him is just like, yeah, just go get some loans. Yeah, y you know, mm. it's 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 like part of his regular dealing is oh, if I need money, I just go get a loan, and by doing that, he's amassed seven hundred million dollars. Yeah, you're not even a billionaire, you piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't just Wilbur Ross, Laura Trump. Oh yeah, oh yeah, she leads the rough life, <laughs> and you're sacrificing for the greater good. There'll be a little pain involved. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's called hunger yeah, pain. Insulin or bread, you know? <laughs> Chemo or a house payment. I mean, and um, what, did, what did Larry Kudlow say? I didn't hear the Kudlow one, so you, you'll have to um, explain that one. Uh, help me out there a little bit. Um, Larry Kudlow. Yeah, Larry Kudlow on the on the... On the shutdown. Um, and then there was Kevin Hastert, Hassert, who said uh, it's a paid vacation. Oh, yeah, yeah. If they look at it in the proper... Uh... 
they were going to take vacation time anyway. During the holidays. So now it's paid and, you know. It's like they got the extra days for free because they're going to get their back pay. So uh, they're volunteering? That's oh. it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that the people that are showing up to work, the essential services, those TSA, I should have said that. I, oh, my God. When I went through the airport, thanks I should have said, thanks for volunteering. Thanks for volunteering. <laughs> Larry Kudlow sends his best. <laughs> I don't know if they would have. I, I would have bet you I could have found some that knew what, what, my, what my reference was. If I would have said, thanks for volunteering. I think you'd be giving a, getting a cavity check. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, would you please step yep. to the side? <laughs> um. And, and, and those things, I bring them up because, you know, those things shouldn't be forgotten in this because this is what people voted in, right? I mean, I mean, for those of us that didn't want this president for lots of reasons, policy reasons, whatever, this was another one of those reasons, that the cast of characters that he was going to surround himself are truly deplorable. And I, you know, that, that's also been co-opted. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's it's the best word f- to describe deplorable how, swamp masters. how how awful these people are and how they just uh, um, they just have disdain for for the middle class Ugh. just Can't to patronize them. them as they do yeah. <clears throat> unrelatable sobs Any, anything else there on the on the shutdown that uh, we we might have missed because there was more that happened this week. <laughs> let's see on the, on the shutdown let's see if we can get any last minute digs <laughs> do you think how much okay I think that it was mainly driven by the State of the Union the SOTU or whatever the acronym is yeah Not SOTU yet. I have another theory yeah okay what happens next weekend uh, what's that uh, Groundhog Day Super Bowl oh I've been thinking about that yeah and the and the the uh, the ground closures, whatever they call them in the FAA, is that where you're to travel? Yes, yeah, air uh, travel within a country, security basically is about to be shut down. Well, it's, it started to with LaGuardia, where yes. they said we got planes on the ground because we don't have enough air traffic controllers because they're all calling in sick or just not showing up or whatever. Can you imagine the uproar if the Super Bowl was to be impacted by the shutdown? As I was traveling last week. One of the things that had occurred to me as how does this end is a TSA strike on Super Bowl weekend. Mm-hmm. That, that, and I, if, if my little pea brain can think of that, I'm sure that people at TSA were thinking that as well. What if we organized a strike? But you know what I heard? When, they, when that idea was floated, there were people on the right that were on social media encouraging to do what Reagan did. Fire the air traffic control, wasn't it? Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Fire these people. It's like, you're kidding. Yeah. You, you've cut them off from their livelihood. Now you're going to turn around and fire them? Ridiculous. But it, it, I think it would have corrected the problem. I do. And, you know, air traffic control is probably a little bit different than what it was in, in Reagan's day, too. Right now, there's what, like between five and 10,000 planes in the sky? Yeah, I, 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 I saw on a couple of news I reports it was about more than that, but it's, yeah. it's just crazy amount of air traffic that's happening up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think I think that was a part of it. I still lean towards 
State of the Union mm-hmm. as his driving factor because I don't think he cares about air travel either. I don't think he cares about anything but himself, right? I don't. I don't, I don't really think he would even care if. I think if the Super Bowl was impacted. I think there might have been some push from mm-hmm. from some of Congress on his side to be like, okay. "Hey, like we're about to get." So how it wraps up is is it a veto-proof majority? Is in three weeks a veto-proof majority? Well, I. I don't think McConnell has the stomach to go through a second shutdown. And he basically is the key player in all this. And I don't I, I don't think if it's within his power that he's gonna let it happen again. So I say yeah. I mean I, I think that whatever comes out of that committee, they're gonna throw some money at the wall, right? At barriers, right? I mean you know in all, I guess, everything I've read, in all plausibility, there's about 250 miles worth of border that could possibly use a barrier. I don't know how much funding will be for that. There'll be funding for maintenance and repair of current structures. If, you know, Trump wants to take credit for that, I don't care. So there'll be some of that in there. Well, think of it in the grand scheme of things, and, and I'm not trying to downplay how much money $6 billion is. But in the grand scheme of things, when it comes to our government, that, that's a sneeze. So even if the Democrats agree to $6 billion of border security mm-hmm. and not a wall, I say that's fine. Because we all want border security regardless of party affiliation. We just don't want a big, dumb wall like we have a big, dumb president's. Yeah, that's 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 the argument. So if they want to throw six billion at border security, and yes, some limited slats, <laughs> I'm okay with it, and it's good. Yeah. And then that might help the president save some face, and maybe we can move along. Yeah, I because I, I don't think with with the Democrats it was ever about the dollar amount at all. I mean, Again, it's right. like no, no. They it sneeze was, at it was, six billion it's, it's, dollars. It was that they're not going to placate to a rally chant. That's not the way we govern. And you know this 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 mythical idea of this huge monument to Trump along our southern border was never going to come to pass. And they weren't going to allow him to um, sort of own that space and say, "Hey, I did this," even if it never would even happen. They they weren't going to give him. That satisfaction, but that satisfaction went beyond just that. I mean, I, you know, it, it wasn't just politics; it was how you run the government, and and so, um, it, yeah. Like I said, if there's parts of the border that need a barrier, I don't have a problem with that. And I don't think any of us here disagree with the need for barriers at some point, but it, it it's not what he said it That's was. That's right. And, and or again, how it was going to happen. And here we are at this point. Have you ever heard of any tangible plans? No. no. How long? How tall? Where? Which state? Yeah. What material? They yeah. ne- they never had a plan. And I, I know we talked about this before, but no construction job, even on your own personal dwellings, mm-hmm. goes forward without some kind of plan and estimate what's it going to cost and to the very end, they they never showed us anything to justify six billion dollars. Right. Yeah. So, broken record. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no. Bottoms it, it, up. It's, it's worth saying.
Ooh, that was a good one. one. Oh, that might have about done the bottles. <laughs> I can see somebody y- yanking their <laughs> earbuds out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what else is in politics this oh, week? Man, there was a whopper. There was a bomb. <laughs> it was Good Friday, wasn't it? <laughs> it's like uh, somebody you might is. say... <laughs> There was a stone dropped. Yeah, right on the uh, <clears throat> right on the foot of the uh, president's. Um, <clears throat> Roger Stone gets indicted. This could have happened any point in the last six months, probably. Mm-hmm. What do What do you suppose they waited so long for? I think when you when you look at the Mueller investigation, not only is he doing everything kind of like you know by the book. And crossing his I's and dotting his T's. But I think his timing is also all very um, meticulous and thought out. And so I, I don't really know the answer to what you're saying. But, but when you look at, you know, he gets the president's answers and then he goes after Cohen. You know, uh, you know, whatever he gets, you know what he got? He got the House transcripts. Because, they origi- well, we don't know if originally they pushed back on that, but they may have not given them while it was under Nunez. Okay. So he gets the House transcripts, and then he already knows probably that Stone's been lying, but now he's got, you know, additional proof. So I, I think it's, it's all, uh, the, the timing is not coincidental from a legal standpoint. Mm. Uh, I, I would bet there's very good reasons as to why he's doing it. And... Is he going up the chain? Yep. I mean, I, I, right. It's a smaller is, and smaller circle. Is 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 Don Junior next? It's gotta be. Right? That's what I think is going to be next. I mean, it, there's Don Jr. Corsi's out there, and Corsi might be safe. He might be like that Sam Newton Unberg kind of guy. Yeah. He's just chirping away, but he's maybe really, not maybe not worth their trouble. And 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 probably really sticking to the truth, you know. Um, but Stone isn't just in trouble for lying. Oh, nope, nope. I mean, he's got seven counts against him, five for false statements, but two others. Witness intimidation. <laughs> I'm going to kill you, dog. Uh, speaking of dogs and Stone. Poor Andy, what is it, Credico? No, no, no. With the little dog? No, yeah, Stone's th- dogs. No, oh, no, no, not his dogs, but he was in the witness intimidation. It was against the Credico dude yeah. who was on, like, MSNBC with his dogs. So he was threatening the dude's dogs. <laughs> That's part of the witness intimidation. I'm going to kill your dogs. Uh, they're gonna, <laughs> What's his name, Randy? Credico. It's yeah. Randy, though, right? I think so. Credico, whatever. Uh, he's going to end up finding his dog's heads in bed with him. <laughs> Well, because you know, there's lots of Godfather references, right? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, they he told he told Randy Credico to pull a Frank Pantangeli <laughs> right out of the Godfather, <laughs> which I had to go back and look at the clip. Have you watched the, the no, clip? No, I didn't. Okay, so you 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 know kind of what happens. Like Frank Pantangeli, he's a government witness, and he signs all these affidavits, and he's and he's working with the government to go and testify against Michael Corleone. And this is what Roger Stone thinks that Randy Credico is going to do, right? 
And then he's saying, but when you get in front, even though you have been talking, even though you've been, um, you know, uh, chirping like a stool pigeon, when you get there, change your story around. So Frank Pantangelo, and I, I, Pantangeli, I don't remember what, what the actor's name is, but he gets in front of the Congressional Committee, and Michael Corleone is sitting behind him, and they said, you know, are you here to state unequivocally that uh, you uh, were a participant and aware of the crimes by Michael Corleone, that he directed you to murder, and he, all of a sudden he just goes, I don't know, nothing about that. <laughs> You know, then there's the murmur and the papers and all that stuff happening. And they're like, wait a minute, you just, you know, you, you signed all these affidavits. He's like, I thought I was going to get a better deal. I can't see Randy Credico doing that <laughs> as he pets his Pekingese. But this is, the, this is the world that Roger Stone was living in that he, he ought to, you know, pull a Frank Pantangeli. Hilarious. It is really funny. It is really fun. Speaking of... Um, but oh, hold on, before you get to okay. that. I wanted to go back to the puppies. Have you seen the video that Roger Stone produced of his puppies? Oh, were they terrorized by the FBI? No, 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 no. Where they say, Roger Stone's done nothing wrong. He, he puts like a little animation of their mouths. And, no, are and, you kidding? His, you have got to post little, that. His little puppies go, Roger Stone's done nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> his puppies. <laughs> It really is precious. Surreal. Yeah. <laughs> no, but what I was going to say is that getting back to the Mueller indictment mm -hmm. of Stone and the ones previous, what's amazing about these indictments is their stories. Because Mueller is wise enough to know that there, the possibility of his reports getting somehow suppressed or squashed mm -hmm. or whatever be because of the, the whole DOJ thing. Yeah, right, you're right. Yeah, who knows what Barr's going to do. That what they're doing when they're putting forth these indictments is it's, they're actually telling a little story and they're, they're kind of informing mm -hmm. the public. There, there's a narrative to what they're doing. Right. It like, isn't just a charge. They're, they're trying to expose... In their own way, they're trying to put stuff out there that may get squashed later, but now it's public domain because these indictments are public domain. And and so even if, let's say, the Mueller report was, you know, squelched, the questions would still remain, right? The questions in the indictment, you know, as to, uh, you know, what was it? Uh, Stone thereafter told the Trump campaign about potential future releases of damaging material by Organization One. Who did he tell, right? I mean, that that is what should be the question, mm -hmm. you know? And there was another one where he was directed to contact. By who? High-ranking. High-ranking campaign, campaign officials, right. Officials with an S. S, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, that's very critical. Mm -hmm. No, it, it really one is. constant, it makes all the difference. And, and so regardless of really kind of what happens out of the Stone indictments and prosecution, the questions are already there. Right. You know? Yes. The, the, the one question that, and it, it does get asked by the MSM um, quite a bit, and... But I think it doesn't get asked enough by the journalists that are talking to these people, the people that are sitting in front of Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> I have to laugh. Talk about co-opting something. 
it, it, it used to be about a guy, uh, you know, playing football from Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that anymore. Is I, I I don't care what you are saying about any of this. Why the lying? Why the constant, constant lying? That's that is the big question mark. And even again, if the Mueller report gets buried. The question remains, why did all of these characters, all of them lie? It had to do with Russia. That, that, that's the basis of the lie. It's all lies about Russian contact. Be- because, you know, most of the things that Manafort and Flynn did were not even illegal. I mean, in terms of the campaign, right? In terms of the, the, the collusion aspect. Manafort did lots of illegal stuff. Oh, yeah. And, and and so has Cohen. But it's the lying. And and you know, you just you just scratch your head. Why continue to lie? Why why is Stone telling people to lie? It doesn't make any sense. Unless they are really covering up something. I, I mean just to cover up the appearance of something, I, I don't I don't get it. Not when not when your prison time is involved, right? I mean, you might cover up something that's not a big deal. You know, so you don't have to sleep on the couch. <laughs> but, but you know, not to stay out of prison. Who would do it? I don't know. These people would, right? I mean, unless they really are covering something up. Yeah. There, there, was, there was one thing that, um, there, there were a couple things that really bugged me about uh, the response from Trump and, and Rudy on the Stone indictments. One is when Trump tweeted out, Border coyotes, drug dealers, and human traffickers are treated better. That infuriates me. Because, one, they're not. But, two, if that's his view of the world, that the way Roger Stone or Paul Manafort, or that they are treated so unfairly, you know, we're talking about white rich privilege and, and you know, what they're going through versus an illegal border crosser and what they have to go through to try and say that those guys are treated worse than those guys. I mean, I, in some ways I wish they were, but again, it's, it's just a complete blindness to the reality of the way white collar criminals are treated versus, you know, first time drug offenders. Yeah. And, 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 and when I saw that, it was like, you gotta be kidding me. It did. It, it, it just shows again, that kind of the tone deafness of reality. Um, the other was Rudy Giuliani's um, comment. Another false statement case. God Almighty. This <laughs> is a prosecutor. The, 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 the basis of prosecution and one of the foundations of our law system is the truth. And when people don't tell the truth then you can't get to the bottom of the crime. Right. It relies on the truth. That's why people go to jail. For a guy like Rudy, who put a lot of people away, but now politically it's not to his advantage, where he just says another false statement case. Really? That You, you're, you, you can dismiss that? I, I don't care if it is that, if that's all it is, that is way enough. That is, that is more than enough to put somebody away who lies 
to prosecutors, to investigators, to cops, detectives, to juries, whatever it is, you know, you have to tell the truth because without it, the legal system starts to fall apart. I mean, why does he think that's something that can be blown off? I mean, politics. Because, like you say, yeah. it, that that's at the base of it. Mm-hmm. Truth is at the base of it, and and he just like ah, oh, that's another. They don't even prosecute that kind of stuff. It, it, it's. It's, and, and maybe they don't for those guys, but it, they they do for other people. I mean, I, you know, Martha Stewart comes to mind, right? I mean, she spent time in jail because she didn't tell the truth. She probably would have gotten a slap on the wrist had she told the truth. Because if you're lying to officials and they're trying to get to the bottom and the core of whether a crime was committed or not, or, you know, who might have been involved in that crime, for the people in the know, they have to... Tell the truth. And if you're caught not telling the truth and you allow that to happen, then, then why does anyone want to tell the truth? Right? Why, why, if, if, if there's no fear of prosecution for lying to the authorities, where does that end? Well, I mean, and up, then, then the whole legal system falls apart. Up until recently with the Mueller investigation, lying to Congress was no big deal. Yeah. And all of a sudden, guess what? It's a big deal. Because he's prosecuting and he's putting a squeeze on people over that exact thing. And in the past, people just kind of thumb their nose at Congress mm-hmm. and, yeah, I'll go before the Senate or the House, whatever, and I'll just go up there. I'll lie right to their face. I know they're not going to do anything, but all of a sudden, you got a new sheriff in town. Yeah. And uh, this guy is. Because look, look at Roger Stone, good example. Lie, 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 lie. <laughs> what, seven? <laughs> Six, seven? <laughs> And, 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 and fear of no, uh, and no repercussions. repercussions no, yeah. no consequences. Yep. Thirsty? Oh, my gosh. You, you can't imagine. <laughs> what do we got? Treasure Trove, where are you? Ah, let's see what we got this week for beer number two. Blotto, what you see? What you see? Expedition Stout by Bell's Brewery in Comstock, Michigan. Um, we do love Bell's Brewery. Yes, sir. And uh, this is a newer production from them. Is that what uh, you thought? That's what I believe. I have never seen this one. It's a Russian Imperial Stout. And it's got some kick, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like a mule. <laughs> Ten point. What would this be? 105? 105%. 105%. <laughs> <laughs> What's a decimal amongst friends? <laughs> what what proof is this beer? <laughs> <laughs> yep, ten point five. Uh, you had to outdo me. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, Nobs with the final absolution was at ten point oh, and not to be outdone, the grassy troll comes through with a ten five. You're playing a very dangerous game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate to see what Blotto comes up with next time. Uh, you're gonna love it. All right. All right, let's pour these guys uh, up. So this is a stout, and it's obviously. Thick and Ooh, creamy. Look, it looks like motor oil. Yes, it does. <laughs> it's used motor oil. Wow. Okay, none oh of us goodness. really achieved much of a head on this beer, which Man, I'm going to say. I was trying. I was trying yeah. too, so I think it's kind of characteristic of the Ooh, beer. Look how dark that head is. Um, <laughs> that is caramel. And wow. again, you're well, not going to. I got almost a half inch all of a sudden. <laughs> that's, that's wonderful, Fred. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you, you should be proud. <laughs> Uh, work with what you got, eh? <laughs> Fat. 
Is it? Yes, yes. We'll say it. Be loud and proud. Pound up. My my, my whisper was to add that extra... Oh, that uh, that nuance? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I didn't want to be like a, you know, a rookie and say, (laughs) woohoo! See? (laughs) IPA what? IPA? (laughs) Wow. That is smooth. Mm. Uh, there was uh, something on the bottle that I thought I, I liked. Uh, oh, uh, this beer is ready to be enjoyed now or sit perfectly content in, content in your cellar until the next journey. And it's called Expedition Stout. And, it's got uh, a compass on the label? Well, and I, I kind of feel like it's appropriate to my latest reading material. I'm just finishing up. A, a book on Lewis and Clark called mm-hmm. Undaunted Courage about their their. That's got Elizabeth Warren in it, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's not nice. Uh, it's got her ancestors. Her... I'm just so yes, glad that wasn't yeah. wasted. Yeah, <laughs> I looked for a reaction which came immediately. Um, oh, that's so. Anyway, uh, so I've been like in this expedition mode. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I've, I'm reading this book about this great the, the core of discovery. If you didn't know what the Lewis and X, the Lewis and Clark expedition was called, I did not. I've never heard of it. Yes, it was. Uh, that's what the government deemed or the core or, of discovery. The core of discovery. All right. Thirty-three men. It was a. I thought it was just two guys nope. in a, an Indian squad inside a canoe. Yeah. No, it, it wasn't anything like that. It's a pretty fascinating book. Undaunted courage. Uh, NY bestseller, uh, 500 pages, small print. They deal, t- they detail like every single day of two years. <laughs> that would take me two years to read that. I, 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 I sounds I, like quite the page turner. It, 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 it is a really good book because it really throws you back in, in time. No explosions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are. Oh, dude, it's for you, Blot. In, fa- in, in fact, uh, Lewis, I, who, who, he gets shot in the ass. <laughs> Uh, towards the tail end of his journey. No pun intended. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, we should do a book club. Uh, hey. No. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend it. I read one book in 2018. What'd you read? I don't even remember the name of it. <laughs> Green Eggs and Ham. Nah. It took a while, too. And that was only maybe a 220-page big print. Just not a reader. Yeah. No, I, I have to be, I go through cycles, like where I want to read, and then I'll not pick up a book for a while, and then I'll start to feel guilty because I haven't read. And and I don't I, I don't go through books like I'm hungry, you know? Um, you know, but I have to do some reading, a little bit of reading uh, frequently enough where I don't then just put it down and forget about it. You know what and, I like to do? Let's go to the movies. Yeah, well, we did that today. <laughs> I feel kind of funny about it. I think I need a shower. <laughs> why, why? Okay, so we went and saw the movie on the basis of You sex. know why. Because <laughs> uh, it was with Nobbs and myself. The three of us. I don't know if anyone's listening would find that funny. They don't really know us other than the podcast. Well, if they would have seen, we held hands and we skipped in. But 
Well, we well we the did. Price was right. Okay, the price was good. Six matinee, matinee. Um, and and I did want to talk about the cost of movies and the whole kind of movie thing. But before we do that, we didn't really share our thoughts on the movie because we knew we were going to be doing this. Uh, so who wants to go first with what their overall impression of the movie was? Okay, we'll go. With, we'll start with knobs. We'll because, go with knobs because he made a statement that this is not a knobs type movie. So. I think that's a good place to start. Yeah. Are you going to call me out on that, huh? Yeah. Oh, no, no. I mean, it's a fair <laughs> thing. I mean, you're being honest. Yeah. You yeah. saw, you looked at the trailer. We approached you on it. Mm-hmm. You looked at the trailer and you said, this is not a knobs You type probably movie. would not have gone had, had it we not, had been not for organized the team it. For organized yes. Yes. I was not going to get up trip. early on my Saturday and <laughs> drive 45 minutes to watch... <laughs> A movie about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. No, not on typical Saturday. Okay, and so okay. Now that you have, I thought it was a really well done movie. I, I, I thought it told a very good story. Um, was it Felicity Jones? I think it was who played I think that's who Ruth it was, yeah. Ginsburg, and I thought she did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a done, well done movie. I probably want to watch it again, but. No real need to. It's not the kind of movie no. that I don't know if I pick up anything. Yeah, you don't else. watch it again for the foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, you know how it ends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what What about you, Grassy? Well, we had gotten some input from family members, family members that thought that we wouldn't like it, so. When I hear that kind of stuff, I kind of go in with low expectations, but um, I did enjoy it. Um, it. It was actually better than I thought it was going to be. I thought the writing was better than I thought it was going to be because that's kind of what we'd heard that maybe it was a bit lacking. No, I, I, I honestly, I, I, I never found myself bored with the story. I mean, some of the stuff I had heard before, but it, I, I, I liked the story. It kept moving along and... None of the characters offended me or whatever, you know what I mean? I, I thought it was very believably done, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it seemed natural to me. and I, I might differ with you on that a little bit. Yeah? Um, okay. I'd be curious because so much, I thought there was some dialogue that seemed a little canned and Hollywood written, and maybe that wouldn't have been the dialogue that actually took place. And I'd be even interested to know on the court proceedings, if those were really from the transcripts or were they Hollywoodized mm-hmm. to, you know, because the writers today are so much smarter, right? They can make it look like that's what occurred. But it should be it should be known and it should be accessible and it should be exact. Well, right? I, I was... So th- that, that part, I just, I have a question mark about. But my sense is, and typically, it's not the exact same dialogue in the court proceedings, which was a big part of of building her uh, her character, her uh, her personality, you know, her legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but overall, I I enjoyed it. It was worth getting up a little early and you know doing a, a, a team uh, <laughs> yeah. team building exercise. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was team building <laughs> yeah. exercise. It's something we've never done before. Um, <laughs> I can say with confidence. <laughs> a couple of other things that I thought about the movie was I was a little worried at the beginning because the director really started to pound 
the sexism of the time into the viewer's face. Okay, like we got it. It's a man's world. I mean, I thought that it was getting well, the opening shot was right, over, little over the top, and, and and it stayed that way for a while. I thought the dinner, the schooling, you know, I and certainly it existed. There's no question that it existed, but I was kind of waiting for them to get over that. Got it. Don't keep beating me over the head with the same theme. Um, and then they did, and that I, I I thought then the movie took the right tack and said this is about legal proceedings. In fact, it even became, in my opinion, less about Ruth and more about the law. Now, if you look like you want to say something. Yeah, I was going to say I think the way they did that though is more because it shows the culture change which is what a lot of that movie was about. Yeah. So it starts off where it's very man's world, and then mm-hmm. it kind of goes into the 1970s. and Well, the 60s the and then the 70s, yeah, right. It, it takes you all along that culture change, which they were changing the laws based upon the current culture. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, and I'm glad they just didn't hammer it yeah. into us over and over again that, that it's a man's world, yeah. right? So I was a little worried about that. Um, in the beginning, and, and then I thought when the directors got away from it, moving with the culture, yep. then I can that, see that why they a, did a good, it that way. A, a, a good the uh, one extreme to, yeah, yeah. And the only other thing I would say, kind of a, maybe a, a knock, was her accent kind of went in and out. <laughs> I noticed that. I, I know. <laughs> She's from she Brooklyn. got more Brooklyn at points, <laughs> and she went more LA at other points. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was it was an enjoyable movie, and and um, you know, fascinating, fascinating person, fascinating life. Mm. And please don't retire, <laughs> at least not for a little over two years. She's a tough old girl. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully she stays tough. That's Notorious. RBG. Mm. I, w- I would get that tattooed on me. <laughs> I would. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm only got, I, I can only picture Roger Stone. I just <laughs> oh, with Nixon. Nixon. Uh, and did you see the the meme? Is there less you could hate about that guy? I mean, think about it. I, I know, I know, we're on college. Right, right, right. But Roger Stone, since you brought him up, could you hate the guy anymore? I mean, <laughs> see what. What a tool. He is. He is. He is tool personified. Anyways, um, go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to So then there, was, then there was like the whole movie experience. And you and I, we kind of talked about this a couple weeks ago as to whether or not the movie experience um, has changed. And, and would it be, you know, kind of something that was topical. And I think it has changed. And I think that it, it was interesting um, when I kind of started looking into this, um, uh, the thing that surprised me the most is, do you think the cost of going to the movies have skyrocketed? No. For, they, me, they, for me, no. They really have not. I, mean, I, I started to compare it to the cost of gasoline. It, it really hasn't gone up. I mean, a little bit incrementally, but if you think about what you're getting for the money... You, right. To me, it has not. I think there was a there was a point, kind of like in the eighties, when the the movie cost was outpacing inflation, um, but it doesn't really anymore. And mm. I got some stats. Cause yo, the stat man got it right. In nineteen seventy five, mm-hmm. 
the average cost to see Jaws was two dollars and three cents in 1975. Uh, the average cost to see, uh, I think it was Jurassic Park, was somewhere around like eight seventy. So today, the average cost of a movie is nine dollars and eleven cents. If you look at inflation from the Jaws time. That would be nine dollars and forty-one cents. So the cost of movies has actually been underperforming the cost of inflation and the cost of money over the last forty years. Really? Yeah. That little, eh? That little. So, so it's That's it's, amazing, it's, it's, it's still a, a a pretty good value. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah. Uh, movie tickets since just twenty fifteen, three years ago, uh, four years ago, have gone up only one point seven percent, which is right about inflation. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not like it's a, uh, cost prohibitive thing, you know? Now it is cost prohibitive. <laughs> Our concessions. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> and concessions, I couldn't find how much they have gone up <laughs> over the years, but it is astronomical. It's ridiculous. And do you know why concessions cost so much? Yes. Oh, okay. Oh. Um, the studios will charge, well, they take a percentage of each movie ticket. Mm-hmm. And it's usually very, very drastic. So they don't make any money off of that. They make it off of concessions. Yeah, about 70%. That's I how, thought it was higher than that, to be yeah. honest. And it might be. I mean, it could be an average of, of different the studios things. studios take 70% uh-huh. of the ticket? Yep. So, so in order to get a movie in your theaters, you have to pay the movie. You know, you have to pay for the movie, and and that's upwards of seventy percent or more of that ticket price. And I think something like so they're getting seven bucks out of the nine. Something like a Star Wars movie or a Marvel movie. I thought it was more like ninety plus. Oh right, percent. right. Like the big blockbusters, they will just take everything. Right, and the independents can't get that, yes. so they're getting fifty. So the average kind of works out to a much lower number, and so they they have to charge a crazy amount of money on on their concessions in order to even be in business to show a movie. It, it just boggles the mind that even with the cost of concessions, people line up. They have no qualms about throwing eh, they really aren't, 10 bucks. <laughs> it seems like every time I go to the theater, though, even if you just wanted to get a drink, you know, you're not going to load up on everything, there's still a pretty good line. So, I mean, people are throwing more money over that concession counter than they are getting into the theater to see a movie. Here was my favorite stat. <laughs> the cost of popcorn in a movie theater costs more per ounce than a filet mignon in a steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> more, more, more per ounce. Popcorn. Uh, you, you know... Uh, uh, me and the gal went a couple couple weeks ago, and I was just I was infuriated that no matter what kind of combination that we put together between small popcorn with the drink or the small drink with a popcorn or whatever it was, those two items together was going to cost me fifteen dollars for a bag of popcorn <laughs> and a soft drink. And for fifty cents more, <laughs> they could well, throw, Simonize your car. They could throw in a set of steak knives or something, you know. Can too, um, or a pocket fisherman. But but movie going is down and bite on it. Uh, Ronco, <laughs> Ron Popeil. 
Hey. Always got to get them. <laughs> I got stats. Okay? okay. All right. Let's go. So movie revenues are up, but movie uh, attendance is down. So the, the, the revenues keep going up because even though they're keeping with inflation, the prices keep going up. And so they can, they can afford to lose some, uh, some goers, you know, some attendance and, and still. But uh, it, it's, about, it's about 10% since 2012 that attendance is down. And what I found really interesting in some of the sources I looked at was that um, movies, um, they, the MPAA, the governing body of, you know, motion pictures, whatever, they break it down into two groups, the frequent moviegoer mm-hmm. and then the occasional moviegoer. So they look at, well, frequent moviegoers are up, but occasional, which is a larger piece of the pie, are down. So they, you know, they, they keep hanging on to this frequent goer. <laughs> <laughs> to kind of spin a better tail is actually Speaking what they do. Speaking of frequent goers, I was before I came today. I was sort of chastised that we didn't have special guest Sunshells on with us. As far oh, because yeah, yeah, she sees more movies than anybody I know. Yeah, and probably. I, and I was given idea. grief about that. I'm like, well, I never thought about it, but she'd have been the one. Um. Well, did they give you any time to even try and try and work it? Well, of course, no. It was <laughs> 9 a.m. I was coming here at 10. I don't think it was going to happen. Um, I, I, it would be interesting. I, I, I would like to get her take on the movie-going experience because one of the things that really drive me crazy about what's different about going to the movies today than what it was, say, five or ten years ago, is the seating. I love the seating. Do you like assigned seating? I do. I like assigned seating, and I like the big chairs. Why do they have to go hand in hand? Why, do every, why does every place that have the big comfy recliners also do assigned seating? I think they're both, I think they're two separate entities. They're not. But though. they're part of the yes. same wave. Oh, okay. No, I, I, right, I, I think you. it's it's comfort, because everybody's getting fat eating the popcorn and, and the snow <laughs> Not caps. at 550 an ounce. <laughs> they are. <laughs> they're just paying, man. They're hooked. They're hooked, man. They got the monkey on their back, the snow caps. The 64-ounce Pepsi. <laughs> and all the different flavored butters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think they're sort of exclusive things, but they're riding the same way. Okay, I, I don't, I, assigned seating drives me bonkers. Why? I want to go to the theater and and fight with your neighbor. No. Yes. I want to go exactly get my ticket and go in the theater and get my seat. I don't want to have to think about other people that own that seat already because they purchased it in advance. Why, why do you feel you got to f- deal with people that have a seat when you have an assigned seat? You know where you're going. No one's going to be in your seat. What are you talking no, about? No, I just want to go to the theater, get my ticket, and go into the Go into the theater and then sit down. I don't. I don't want to pick out my seat. I don't want to have to say, "Oh, I didn't think of this early enough, and now all that's left are is the very front row or you know single seats on the left and right." I mean, go to the theater when you want to go to the movies and get your seat and go on in. I think it's fantastic. I like two hours before we leave the house. Go online. I want that seat, that seat. Do you know seat. you pay extra for that? There's a fee for, for purchasing online? Well worth it. What? I, I don't have to go 45 <laughs> minutes early and sit in there. I don't have to worry about 
getting stuck in some place that doesn't have a good vantage point. I know where I'm sitting. I don't have to fight people. Okay. I don't have to go early. So if if you don't get the seat that you want, do you not go to that show? Yeah, a lot of times, yeah. See, that's that's bad to me. That's Yeah, but you take that risk anyways. <laughs> I guess. If you, if you don't pre-buy, you're, you don't know. You're going into a black abyss. Especially if the well, That's the way it's always running. been, though. I mean, that's the way... It, so, and that has worked. All right, that has let's worked. get back to RGB. That's the way it's been. 100 years of precedent. <laughs> Come on, let's talk Let's talk about Cultural the movie. Cultural change. <laughs> Culture, no, what was it? Cultural change is only part of it. Uh, yeah. What uh, was the word? What was the adjective? Uh, what did that guy use? The guy I hated. The, the, uh, the, the ACLU guy? The, no, no, no. The the lawyer for the other side. Oh, the Kentucky yeah. Fried oh, Chicken. Radical, radical social change. Radical social change. Yeah. Yeah. And then she kind of took turned that around and used oh, yeah. it to her advantage. Oh, yeah. She put yeah. the screws in that guy. guy uh, Nobs, you want to weigh in on, on, on pre-assigned seating or, or a general mission? What Overall, you, like? I like pre-assigned seating, Thank except oh. for when it's large groups. Which I think we've run across before is when you've got like 10 oh, plus people. Yeah. And you're trying to get all together. Oh, so open seating accommodates that much easier, right? Well, if you get there early, yes. What? That's the point. I mean, no, you're, you've got a gun though. to your head. Get there an hour ahead of time. And, and then okay. you've eaten your popcorn and your snow caps before the movie ever starts because you can't sit there with the popcorn in your lap and snow caps. Okay, and so wait if, an hour. If you walk into a to theater, start so it coincides with the movie. Okay, you walk into that's a theater. An it's a group that's of really ten. not oh, what happens. I, I disagree. I've never sat in a theater for an hour before the movie starts. You have. Never. You had to have. Never. Okay, we can walk Always. into a theater as a group of ten and look and find ten seats that we can all sit in fairly close together. But when you're trying to pre-buy those seats and you're coordinating against like three or four different people, yeah, I then it's like okay, like I have. Row B seat one through three, and this person's getting row B seats okay. five and six. Like, this, but this happened recently. But but does it matter? Okay, so this happened to us recently when we went to the to the show, and there was four of us, and we only were able to get three together in a decent seat, which like towards the middle, right? And so then w- someone had to sit by themselves behind us. And, you know, I told my son, hey, you're back there. But, <laughs> but does it really matter? I mean, going to the theater is by far, I mean, or, or by and large, a solo endeavor. Like, you're, you're, you're not kibitzing with the person next to you, or you shouldn't be. Well, you you're shouldn't on, be on, well, your you're on your cell phone instead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so just watching the movie is a solo kind of thing. So, so where people sit. In, in relationship to their friends, really shouldn't matter. Right. You you, you want to sit next to your friends, but logically it says it's really not important. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because he was like, well, well, how come I am I? He was like, how come I have to be the one to sit in the back? <laughs> it's like, does it matter? It's you know? packing order. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, uh, uh, do you ever smuggle in concessions? Anytime we can, of course. <laughs> Okay. So you're trying to drive that movie theater out of business. Because they make their money on concessions. Well, yeah, I mean, usually the only time we ever did it was the AMC 30. 
because they had the dollar uh, Dollar Tree, so you'd go and get dollar uh, candy. Yeah. That was a great, yeah. you know, the, the location of the theater to the Dollar Tree. I mean, six bucks for a bottle of water, it's just, I can't do it, mm-hmm. you know? If, I, yeah. if there's a way I can bring in a bottle of water, I'm bring in a bottle of water. <laughs> Carry a purse. <laughs> but you do. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Carry, Carry a, purse? a purse. Yeah. Man purse. Man bag. Probably should have done that today. <laughs> Nobody would have been surprised at a certain point. <laughs> no. uh, they would have and, been and, distracted and, by the skipping. There, there was something else I noticed uh, today, and I've seen it before. What's that? In the trailers, did you see how they were promoting the older movies? No, because that was on my phone. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is truth. That is absolute truth. Truth to power. So the theaters are, are 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 showing older movies. In fact, one of them was my cousin Vinny, who we had the brain fart on a couple Yoke. episodes. And, Did they and, show that scene? Uh, no, oh. but they're 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 showing the older movies, so they can actually make some money mm-hmm. because then they don't have to pay the studios, or they pay them a really small fee. Probably some of them are public domain, like Gone with the Wind or whatever. But. Yeah, so they they're showing these older movies that people are going to, and then, uh, you know, just to to make money, but to go see it on the big screen. I've not done it. Um, this is where Sunshells would probably be added because yep. she's probably done it. Well, I'm sure. Yeah. I know she has. Now there are theaters that specialize in oh, that. Oh, Redford Theater, Redford, plug. Michigan. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna plug the Redford Theater because that is a blast. Yeah. Five dollars. They're older movies, almost always classic older movies. Mm-hmm. Five bucks is, I believe, it's maybe, a great crowd. That's maybe seven is the most yeah. I've ever paid for a ticket there. Popcorn at concessions, two dollars for a large. A pop is a dollar. Snowcaps, a dollar. <laughs> always comes back to snowcaps. And you you put a dollar in the snowcaps or raisinets. You're a snowcap guy. Yeah, that's my go-to at the theater. I like Raisinets as well, but snowcaps are good. And at the Redford, the woman's bathroom is always under construction, and they have a jar for donations, so I always throw a dollar in the woman's uh, bathroom they, renovation yep. because I believe in it. It's a huge theater. <laughs> you believe in women's restrooms. I do. In the best part, Is that of, one of your causes? Yes, it is. It's very close to my heart. And one of the best things about the Redford is because it's a super old theater, they have a big pipe organ. Oh, the organ's awesome. The pipe organ. They have he this plays. guy playing. They don't show them bullshit trailers before the movie. <laughs> you listen to a half an hour of a guy tickling the keys on a magical mm-hmm. organ that's who knows how old. I think that theater is from 1926 maybe. He plays for a half an hour, 40 minutes, and then he sinks into the floor. Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's beautiful. Yeah. And, I'm at, and I hope that there are lots of Redford theaters all over the country. I don't know, but... Right? That, I mean, to that, me... That, that people can go see old movies in an old theater, a beautiful theater, and and uh, have an experience that's not going to, you know, AMC. Yeah. The only thing about the Redford, though, is uh, <laughs> when you park your car, all the guards at the parking lot have... Side arms, but besides <laughs> yes. that, it's an awesome experience. It's sketchy, <laughs> it's sketchy it's for sure. But you know what? Sketchy. It's the best. I think it's awesome, and 
It's a beautiful she, theater. Beautiful theater. One, well. one last topic on this. Uh, clubs. Club. The movie going Dance past clubs? clubs. No, do you think they're... <laughs> do you, I think Sunshells belongs. Mm-hmm. Do you belong? I don't. To, you know, you pay $9.99 a month and you get to go see two or three movies. Well, it used to be that way. Or, well, they... It used to be unlimited. I can't think of what, what did they movie call pass. it. There's movie, movie pass. And then the each theater has kind of their own. Is that, is, is that, is that the wave? Is that, is that how you com- combat against Netflix? You know the Netflix model that says, "Okay, I'm paying eight ninety nine or nine ninety nine a month, nine ninety nine a month, and I get to watch unlimited or whatever." So, the movie theaters ought to be doing that as well. Well, I think that's what they thought, but I don't think it worked out because the original deal hasn't held up. Right. I think Netflix is still kicking their ass. They did raise their price. What about a year or two ago? They went from Who, eight Netflix to nine or, or seven to movie eight. Pass. No, Netflix. They did raise their price. They raise it again recently too. Yeah, another dollar. But I too. still think they're they're kicking the ass of this movie thing. Yeah, I think yeah, be, so. Because the movie thing has gone from unlimited to down to uh, not not first room. What do they call it? Uh, I can't think of the term. So terrible with terms. But the better movies that are opening up, you could see first other, run. Like the, yeah, first run or something like that. But it they. And it's been quickly. It's like every other month they're taking more and more away from you to the point where people I know that have it yeah. are just Because they couldn't do it because, because the movie was still going to get their money. So you're paying into a club and then you get like a debit card that has X amount of funds on it or whatever. And so the movie pass clubs really can't afford to do it unless they're almost, they're relying on people not using it. That's really what their subscription models are based yes. on are the people that don't end up going to see three movies that month, right? Because they're subsidizing the people that go see six movies. Right. You know, if you're unlimited. But, yeah, I I found a really good article on the different clubs, and, you know, they gave the pros and cons of each. But as I kept reading through, it was the overall theme was they keep tweaking, trying to find the right right combination of of value and offer. that seemed to work out. I had an interesting article about MoviePass. It was a while back, but it was from an investor standpoint to where it was like never, ever going to be profitable. These people were looking at it and they're like, there's no yeah. way this is ever going to work out. And their whole idea was that they were going to start selling user data for like movie habits and advertising in the app. Looking for other revenue stuff. streams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it just never worked out. Yeah. And that's why they had to keep changing their deal year after year and month after month. And I hear and that when stuff and I just... When they're changing the deal, yeah. it's usually not yeah. to the to the benefit of the consumer. What is it with this this user information? Zuckerberg started Advertising, this baby. We need to find that guy in... <laughs> I don't, do I don't, some no, stuff to no, him. No, I, no, no, we're not doing anything like that, okay? So, <laughs> Zuckerberg, Pottoms Up is coming for you. All right, Pottoms up. up. All right, it's been fun, guys. Yeah, he could just buy a solid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right, Pottoms Up. Mm-hmm. Out. Out. Because, baby.
Cause baby 